Okay, so, as Margaret so wonderfully led us into, uh, this morning we're going to spend a little bit of time thinking about the prayer week and maybe preparing ourselves for what the coming week should look for us, look like for us. In previous years, the prayer week has been jam-packed, full of activity, and let's come and do this, and let's sit and do that. This year, it's a little bit more pared back, and it's called be, because we are being encouraged to come and be, be before God, so that we can spend some time slowing down, breathing, and being in his presence. We're going to start with Psalm 46 this morning. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's a beautiful psalm. One of the things I like about Psalm 46 is that it feels very real. It doesn't describe some sort of fairy tale world where everything is nice and perfect. It describes a world that is churning, 
earthquakes, tsunamis, war, governments rising and falling, earthquakes, maybe even pandemics if it were written in our time. These are very real disasters and they continue to shake our planet and often the effects of them shake our lives. So where is God when all this is happening? Well, according to Psalm 46, right here in the midst of everything with us, an ever-present help in trouble. In verse 4 and 5, it says, There is a city, no, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall, and God will help her at the break of day. So, one of the things you could think would be that the city of God in this context is Jerusalem. But actually, there is no river that flows through Jerusalem. So I think that what he's talking about here, the city of God, is the church. Oh dear, that's a very pixelated version, isn't it? Didn't look like that when I put it up. How strange. Okay. It's a very old picture anyway. <laughs> Lots of you won't recognize yourselves because it's from the beginning of the pandemic. If God is in the midst of the church, then he will help us at the break of day. So think of, we need to think about what that means. It means that He's with you, he's with me, he's with us. He's with me on my own, he's with you on your own, but he is here corporately in the midst of us. His river of life flowing through us here. I'm going to make the horrible pixelated picture go away. So how do we know, though, that God is really here with us? This is often a question that you hear, isn't it? As far as I know, Christians, they face the same financial pressures as everybody else. They get sick, just as often as non-Christians do. They die at exactly the same rate as non-Christians, one death, one person. kind of just happens. <laughs> Life happens to us the same as it happens to everybody else. But our psalm talks about earthquakes and disasters. He's not saying <laughs> that... Bad things don't happen to us all. He says, God is here with us. And God has a strength to supply peace in the midst of it all. The psalmist wrote, he makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. All of these things are still going on. And in the midst of that, be still. And know that I am God. Be still is the same thing that Jesus says to the wind and the waves in Mark 4, 39. Oh, Mark 4, starting at 35. This slide says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. A 
furious squall came up. And waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have, still have no faith? I don't know how Jesus said, be still, when he got up in the boat. I don't know if he shouted at the top of his lungs or if he whispered a tiny word. But our God, who is with us and promises to be with us in the midst of the turbulence of our lives, can speak to the wind and the waves And they will be stilled. So how are we hearing the words, be still? Is it a call to us? Is Jesus calling us, come, be still? Is it a request, be still? Or is it a command, be still? There is a silence and a stillness that should overtake us in the presence of someone or something that is awesome, when the wind and the waves are silenced by the word of a man who is God, Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. That's awesome. So the call is to be still before our holy and glorious and awesome God, Jesus, to stand in awe and to worship him. So the question then, beggars, if we know that, and we know that in moments, don't we? We know that in moments of worship when we stand before God and we go, oh, yes, you breathe him in and you understand. But often it is not our daily reality. And there are many, many reasons for that. And one thing I think in the West, in our crazy lives, A big one is that we are always in a hurry. We're always moving and our lives are always full of noise. God's kingdom stands at odds with the ways of this world. The ways of the world that say, do more, earn more, be more. God says, do less, come to me, then be more. Now, I'm not saying that we should all be hermits. Some of us might like that idea, others of us not so much. But what I'm saying is we all need to find balance in our crazy lives. Jesus, in his years of ministry, was busy. Nobody could argue with the fact he was busy. He was constantly doing things. But Jesus was never in a hurry. He was never too busy to lose his focus on what his heavenly father was doing around him. He was always attentive to God and on what God was revealing to him. And on several occasions, Jesus was busy doing one thing, but noticed a distraction. And he didn't see those distractions as annoyances, but as God's work 
And so he would take a short detour. So one of those is in Mark 5, 24 to 34. When Jesus was walking with a crowd to the home of a synagogue leader whose daughter was sick and dying. But while he was taking that walk with the crowd of people going, come and heal this this synagogue leader's child, a woman who'd suffered with a hemorrhage for 12 years came through the crowd and touched his robe, believing then that if she did, she would be healed. Jesus stopped and looked for the person who had touched him. Even though he was busy on a mission to heal someone else, he stopped and took time to seek out the woman to touch her, to interact with her. And because Jesus stopped to talk to this beautiful woman who tried to touch him to be healed, the little girl died. Now, that's quite a big thing, isn't it? Can you imagine being the father there with Jesus and all the people and Jesus stopped over here and you get to the house and the little girl's died and there's lots of wailing? But Jesus stopped because God was doing something over here. And he goes into the house and he raises the little girl from the dead and an even bigger and more beautiful miracle happens. Because he was attentive to what God was doing and where God wanted him to focus his attention. I'm not sure if I would be that brave (laughs) to stop and be distracted intentionally. I'm often distracted unintentionally. But to stop and be distracted intentionally when I knew that this was so important, even if I felt God pushing me over here. Jesus knew about balance. Rhythms. All those wonderful words that we love and most of us are not so great at. He knew that as well As doing life, he had to keep his eyes on God. Scripture tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus regularly got away from the busyness and hurry of life to just spend time with the Father. Sunday mornings give us some of that opportunity, although many of us, I'm sure, sit in the chairs and think about a million other things other than what's going on in the room. And this next prayer week is about to give us an opportunity to have an extended period of that. A period in which we can rebalance, slow down, and refocus our eyes on God and what he is doing, not on our lives and what we are doing. Jesus wants us to grow up to be mature Christians. That's actually the aim, is to uh, create in us a spirit that looks like his, a face that shines like his, hands that do his work, mouths that speak his words. We are called to grow to be mature. 
But you cannot mature as a Christian without spending time with God. It doesn't work. It's not possible. And when we live a continually hurried lifestyle, it's very hard for God to work within us because there's no time for spiritual growth, no time for relationship. If we're in a hurry, we prevent God from sowing his grace and his spiritual fruit into our lives, which grows us into mature men and women of God. I like this quote. Love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. That's not a good word, Coralie, is it? No, you worked it out, have you, darling? Something like that. Love always takes time, and time is one thing hurried people don't have. Love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. We can't constantly run around and spend deep time with anybody. We can have lots of superficial time with lots of people, but when we sit and spend time with another person and with God, the relationship grows and love pours. There's also another side to this. That hurry isn't always about just doing too much. It's about our need to constantly be doing. That constant feeling that I'm not doing enough. If I don't do more, I'm not good enough. I need to keep moving. And often, if your heart (laughs) feels like that, you feel guilty that you're not doing something Even being still before God feels like a complete waste of time because nothing gets done. But the practice of slowing down our hurried lives and being still before God forces us into a bit more of that spiritual growth because it forces us to trust that God will do the things that actually need to be done. Not the things that we think should be done but the things that he knows need to be done. That we are trusting God, that I am trusting God to take care of it. So if we want to grow, the truth is we must do less to be more. Um, I don't know that I'm the only one in this room that finds that quite tricky. (laughs) But to do, we must do less to be more. We need to acknowledge that though at times we have no control over the situations we are in, situations of finance, of health, of political turmoil, of whatever is going on in your life, bereavement, children, just kind of children... We do have a control over ourselves and what we do. In fact, in the end, that's the only thing we ever have any control over, is ourselves, who we are, and what we do, and how much we trust God 
to be in control. So as we move into this week, the challenge is to be still, to find some balance in our lives, to cease our hurrying for a time. Come and find some time this week. I know all of our lives are busy, but come and find some time. Rebalance yourself. And if you can't come to the prayer week, you can't physically come to this part of the building or any of the evenings, find a space. Go for a walk. Find a quiet space at home without any noise or distractions and just be. Be still. Pray. Listen. Do listen. It takes time to build a relationship and we do need to allow both sides to speak. Listen for what God speaks into your heart. Read his words. Don't try and just force anything. Just allow yourself to be. Uh, I invite the band back up. So I'm going to um, pray for us all now. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come to still our hearts and our minds this morning. I'm a very visual person, so I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit gives us all somewhere to put all our distractions just for a short moment, a box, a shelf, something, so that we can put our distractions down and we're going to be. Um, This might be a bit uncomfortable because... We're not good at silence, but we did this not that long ago. We're practicing. Practicing silence in our crazy world is hard to do because we're never used to it being quiet. But in the silence, in the moments where we choose to just be, God will come. Okay, let's pray. Lord, you are an awesome God. You created the heavens and the earth. And we all live, Lord, in the palm, in the center of the palm of your hand. Jesus, we are in awe of the stars the planets, the universe, the roaring waves, the mountains, and the tiny flowers and insects, the life that you have brought out. We are in awe, Lord, that you came to earth, that Jesus, that you came, that you were born as a man, that you lived, that you died, that you rose again, that our sins might be forgiven, that we could have access to life here in the here and now and access to life evermore in the age to come. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are in us and with us, that you comfort us and that you make us brave, 
so that the God who is in us can accomplish so much more through us. So Holy Spirit, we want to ask now that you would come and still our hearts, our souls, our minds, and our emotions. Provide for each one of us a safe place, a box in which we can put our distractions for just a few moments. Lord God, we choose to give them to you now. And we choose now to be still and know that you are God.